Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number three. Today, we're going to be talking about how to avoid something called black and white thinking in regards to our health. Stick around to the end because we'll also go over what to do if you ever find yourself stuck in this form of thinking and how to get out. If you find these podcasts helpful, please don't forget to subscribe. And I would also be so, so appreciative if you could leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts so that this podcast can be found by more people and hopefully help more people as well. All right, I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hey there, friends. My name is Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello. In this episode, we're going over one of the most common cognitive distortions that might be getting in the way of us finding true health. Now, first of all, what is a cognitive distortion? Well, these are basically irrational thoughts that can influence our emotions, which then influence our behaviors, which then obviously influence our results and our outcomes and just our lives in general. There are a number of cognitive distortions and everybody experiences them to some degree. Uh, some examples of other cognitive distortions are overgeneralization, catastrophizing, entitlement, These are just a few, but as I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about one called black and white thinking. It also is known as all or nothing thinking, dichotomous or binary thinking. Um, I've heard it called splitting. Uh, It's really closely tied to perfectionism, as well as another cognitive distortion called absolutist thinking. So what is this form of thinking? It's really a thought pattern that makes people think in absolutes or extremes, as is indicated by the name black and white thinking. We know black and white are on the opposite, the extreme ends of the the color spectrum. I've also heard it defined as the inability to bring together both positive and negative perceptions of ourself, of others, of circumstances, and kind of failing to see them in a whole realistic view. Some people have more serious versions of black and white thinking. It can be exacerbated by some types of mental illness, but pretty much everybody experiences it to some degree in one way or another. So just some examples of what this might look like. Say you lose your temper, you yell at your kids, and so then you beat yourself up and you say, oh my goodness, I'm the worst mother in the world. I'm a terrible mother. Ignoring the fact that you just spent the entire day doing their laundry and feeding them and cleaning up after them and giving them hugs and doing lots of things that prove that you're actually a wonderful mother. And the real truth is every one of us is part wonderful and part terrible. We all have moments of wonderfulness and moments of terribleness. But with black and white thinking in that moment, we think, oh, we're just, I'm terrible. And we're, we're discounting the fact that we are partially wonderful as well. And it's really easy to do this with other people too. Let's say your child's teacher does something that upset you, and so you automatically label her as a bad a bad teacher, a bad person, and you fail to see any of her positive qualities. It's easy to get mad at ourselves when we experience any type of cognitive distortion, when we're aware of it. Most of the time, we're not even aware that that's what we're doing. But when we catch ourselves um, thinking like this, sometimes we can be like, oh my goodness, why am I doing this? I'm so silly. Or... We can kind of get down on ourselves, but we need to remember that our 
we have these cognitive distortions for a reason. Black and white thinking serves a purpose in our lives. So I wanted to go over some of the benefits of black and white thinking. What are its purposes, its benefits? One is our brains like simplicity. Life is full of nuance. It's full of complexity. And that's hard for our brains to constantly be seeing that complexity all the time. And black and white thinking is very simplistic. It gets rid of that nuance so we don't have to manage the what's actually happening, which is generally far more complex. Uh, black and white thinking also tends to put, a, put us in victim mentality. And that can feel really good to a lot of people, most people. It can excuse us from having to take action and responsibility for ourselves. It can kind of create a woe is me type feeling and again, kind of turn us into the victim. Sometimes black and white thinking can be used to help our, the impulsive part of our brain get what it wants. So we have these kind of these two systems in our brain, uh, what some call our lower and our higher brain or our monkey or reptilian or toddler brain. And then our our higher thinking, more reasoning part of the brain. And we'll dive into all that in a, a future topic or a future episode. But basically, we've got this part of our brain that is actually very useful and needed, um, but it's impulsive and it kind of is and it thinks in the moment and it, it wants what it wants right now. And it doesn't generally consider the future. And uh, black and white thinking can, can come in handy for that part of the brain. Let's say you're trying to resist eating a cookie, but you give in and you eat it. And so then you say, well, I'm, I already ate one, so I might as well have the rest of the pack, which is probably what your impulsive brain wants. But again, that's kind of thinking in extremes. Either I have none or I have the entire pack. The, you're not finding the middle ground there, the, the gray area. So those are a few of the benefits and the reasons that we have black and white thinking. But what are the downsides? Obviously, there are some. Uh, there are quite a few, actually. Uh, often, this type of thinking can make problems worse than they already are. They can create helplessness, like I mentioned, can create this sense of victim mentality. Uh, it invites defensiveness a lot of times and might lead to arguing. The more extreme the statement that we make, like, accusing somebody of something, then the more defensive others are going to feel. So particularly if we say something like, well, you always do this, you never do this. Those are obviously forms of black and white thinking because it's very rare that somebody always or never does something. And that can promote a real sense of defensiveness in the other person thinking, well, wait a minute. No, I don't always, or I don't never. The more extreme we are in our thinking also, the more likely we are to have anxiety or depression so obviously, this is not something that we want to encourage our brains to do. Black and white thinking shows up in lots of areas of our lives. It's pretty easy to spot in areas like politics and religion. We often feel like my way of thinking is, quote, good, and other people's way of thinking is, quote, bad, if they're not in line with my way of thinking. We've recently seen it come up a lot in regards to COVID. There are all sorts of opinions about masks and mandates and vaccines and... These are all complex topics with lots of variables surrounding them, but it's so easy to form opinions without taking the time and the energy to really dive deep into all aspects of each of these issues. I find myself often jumping to take a side and form an opinion, but I have to remind myself over and over again that these are not black and white issues. 
Another place that black and white thinking shows up is with our health, which is what I'll spend the remainder of this episode diving into. One of the most common places I see this cognitive distortion playing out is with labeling foods as good and bad. Even using the term junk to describe certain foods is a form of black and white thinking because it implies that certain foods are so bad that it's as if we are eating trash if we eat them. Black and white thinking shows up with specific foods. So think about how we talk about kale versus how we talk about Cheetos. It also shows up with entire food groups or with macronutrients. Uh, fat is good. No, fat is bad. Or some believe that dairy is good or dairy is bad. Recently, carbohydrates have been somewhat demonized and proclaimed as bad by some people. The truth is pretty much every food and every food group has positive and negative aspects to it. Some foods provide lots of pleasure to us. Other foods provide lots of needed nutrients. And most fall on a spectrum of providing both to varying, to varying degrees. Remember, the words good and bad are largely subjective, and they are relative. You need to consider portion sizes, what other foods are being eaten along with a certain food, what other foods you've eaten that week, your food preferences, um, what season it is, when the produce was grown, your hunger level, when you'll be eating again, etc., etc., etc. As you can see, this is far from the black and white mentality of foods just being always good or always bad. In short, the healthiness or the unhealthiness of a specific food cannot be determined without considering the context surrounding that food or meal. And this context can change, meaning different foods, healthiness and unhealthiness can change um, at certain times as well. So again, it's all very complex and nuanced and categorizing foods, having lists where these foods are allowed in my diet and these foods are not allowed. Um, just none of this serves us very well. Now, this topic of good food versus bad foods is a big enough topic that I have an entire podcast episode dedicated to it. So I don't want to get too far into it today, but I just want you to start recognizing if you have these sorts of black and white thinking um, tendencies surrounding your food. Some other examples I thought of where black and white thinking might show up in our health is maybe you feel like you need to cut back on sugar. You've been having too much. And so you vow to never eat anything with sugar in it again. You go to the other extreme of, I'm just going to cut all sugar out of my diet. Or maybe you feel like you want to exercise, but you don't have a whole hour to spend exercising. And so you just don't do anything at all. Maybe you don't have time to sit down and eat a nice breakfast, so you just skip breakfast altogether. Or perhaps you aren't in the mood or you don't have time to make a big fancy meal or a meal that's super healthy with three different types of fruits and vegetables in it, so you just decide to go grab some fast food or order pizza. And I'm not saying that you should never get fast food or order pizza, but there are lots of options other than that. Or maybe you've been trying to get to bed at 10.30, but one night you stay up late watching a show, and since you've already missed your bedtime, you decide to just keep watching Netflix until 2 a.m. Now, when we step back and take a look at these things, they can seem a little bit ridiculous, but again, this is just what our brain does. But we need to remind our brains that there are a whole lot of gray options in between black and white. I was going to say there are a lot of shades of gray, but a certain book has kind of ruined that phrase for me. So I say gray options now. 
If we get rid of black and white thinking, some of those gray options might look like this with those scenarios I just mentioned. Maybe you don't have the time or the energy for a long workout, but you still have 10 minutes that you can exercise. You still get the dopamine and the adrenaline boost. You're still strengthening your heart and your muscles, and it's much better than doing nothing at all. Uh, instead of skipping breakfast, if you don't have time to sit down and eat, you could grab an apple or a hard-boiled egg as you rush out the door in the morning. Instead of picking up fast food because you don't have the time or energy to make dinner, maybe you just make quick grilled cheese sandwiches or eggs and toast for dinner or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich even, something that's probably even faster than grabbing fast food. Instead of staying up until 2 o'clock watching Netflix, maybe you decide to just watch one more episode and end up getting to bed at 11.30 or 12, which is past when you wanted, but still not into the wee hours of the morning. So how do we handle black and white thinking when it shows up? I have three steps that you can take. Number one is noticing the signs of extreme thinking. Just pause and notice your thoughts without judgment. Again, this is a common and normal thing for your brain to do, but just noticing it is always the first step, gaining that awareness. And this is a skill that takes practice. We are going to be talking a lot about working on your thoughts in future episodes, so stay tuned for that. But this isn't something that comes easily usually, but it is possible and you do get better and better at it as you practice. So ways you can notice if you're falling into this form of thinking are try and notice what words your brain is using. Words that indicate that you might be dealing with this particular distortion include something, include words like I mentioned earlier, always or everyone or maybe never. In fact, I have a recent example. Uh, just the other day, my daughter asked me if she could buy a new game for her their VR, their virtual reality system, and I told her no for various reasons, and she was not happy with that answer, and she exclaimed, oh, I can never do anything around here. So that was just her brain again going, because she couldn't do this one thing, buy this thing that she wanted, then she can't do anything. Her life is just miserable and can never do anything that she wants. Uh, so notice words like that. Never, always. Um, other words, impossible, ruined, failure. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, perfect or amazing even can be um, black and white thinking or words like must, or I have to, or this is a disaster. It kind of these more dramatic, um, extreme words on either end of the spectrum. That's one indication that your brain has switched into this black and white thinking. So the second step is to challenge your thoughts. You can look for a more truthful or a more moderate way to look at the situation. Separating the facts from the thoughts is always really helpful. Our brains like to be right, and it thinks that our thoughts are just reality. But when we slow down and we pull out the actual fa facts of the situation from the thoughts that our brain is offering us, then we can see where this cognitive distortion is coming in. And then the third step is to replace those thoughts with more useful ones. You can maybe make a list of certain gray possibilities in the scenario. You could either write down the list or just try and make a list in your head. And some words or phrases that might help you get to more gray way of thinking is uh, are words like sometimes, I'd like or prefer or desire, um, I hope, 
could be better, could be worse. How about it's good enough? Or it's possible that. Or maybe it is what it is. I also like the phrase, I'm noticing that, such and such. And another one is, I'm flexible. These types of words just bring us right into that gray area. It takes us out of the extremes and it brings us more to a little less dramatic of a place. I also really, really like using and statements. Instead of but or or, I find that and statements are so helpful. You can be healthy and overeat at times or eat lots of sugar at times. You can eat vegetables and maybe not enjoy them sometimes. It doesn't have to be this either or thing. So try adding some more and statements into your life. So let's take an example of these th- using these three steps. Let's again say you're trying to cut back on sugar. Your husband brings home some donuts and they're sitting on the table. You're having a hard time resisting them. And with black and white thinking, it would look like you're either not going to eat any donuts or you're afraid you're going to eat the whole box. Or maybe you think, I'm just, I'm trying to be good and not eat any sugar. And so I don't want to have a donut. You're worried that you might cave in. So number one, you catch yourself having these black and white thoughts that you're feeling like this is an all or nothing thing. Either you're going to eat no donuts or you might end up eating the entire box. Number two, you sort out the facts. The fact is there are some donuts on the table. They're not good. They're not bad. Eating or not eating them will not make you good. It won't make you bad good or bad person, the donuts really are neutral. Now, eating the donuts will likely have an effect on you and your body. They will probably taste really good. They'll probably give your brain a hit of dopamine and make your taste buds happy. They might even boost your mood for a moment. Uh, Also, eating a whole donut or several of them might cause you to have a sugar crash or feel groggy later on. They might affect your mood and make you a little bit grumpy when your blood sugar drops. They might spoil your appetite for dinner. So certainly certain things can happen if you eat this donut. But again, these are just neutral circumstances. These are the facts. So number three, you make a mental list of gray options. Instead of deeming these donuts as forbidden or thinking I'm just going to probably eat the whole box, you could just have one or two mindful bites of a donut and really savor and enjoy those few bites. This might allow you to enjoy the pleasure of the donut and kind of satisfy that craving without experiencing the possible negative side effects of a blood sugar spike and crash. You could also eat an entire donut. You could plan on having a donut after dinner. You could put one in the freezer and have it another day when you're craving something sweet and it's not so close to dinner time. Um, You could split one with your husband or kids. You could put them out on the patio or downstairs or somewhere that you're not um, seeing them all the time and being tempted over and over. So again, lots of great options there and make a, make a mental list or write them down and then decide which of those options is best for you in that moment. I want to share a personal example of where I found myself in black and white thinking in regards to my health. I recently had surgery on my foot and I had to wear one of those beloved big black boots for a month. And I initially caught my brain saying, well, I guess I won't be able to do any exercising over the next month because I have to wear this boot. But thankfully, I recognized this as black and white thinking. And when I made a mental list, I realized that there were actually a lot of options in the gray area. I could still do many Pilates exercises, especially ones that focused on my core and my upper body. 
I could lift weights if I was sitting or kneeling. I could go swimming. Uh, after about a week, I could put a little bit of pressure on the front of my foot so I was able to ride a stationary bike. And so I was able to continue exercising that entire month that I had the boot on. Now, I realize that there will be times if you're sick or you're injured when you really do need to stop exercising for a while and just rest. But this was not one of those times. I was still able to find ways to get that activity. You may have heard of about the 80-20 rule. Um, I've heard it 90-10 or 70-30. Basically, it's you try eating healthy about 80% of the time, and then you really don't stress about the other 20% of the time and just kind of eat foods that are fun and that um, are enjoyable to you. Now, I don't really think we need to track our food to make sure that we're following this 80-20 rule exactly, but if you ever find yourself feeling like you need to be eating 100% clean or perfectly or healthy, then this might be a good thing to remember just to kind of help get you out of black and white thinking that a perfectly healthy diet can be more 80-20. One final tip I want to leave you with for helping to overcome, overcome black and white thinking is to try to increase your capacity to experience ambiguity. Try adopting more of a growth mindset. The reality is there's no perfect job or marriage or person. Likewise, there is no perfect meal plan or food or food group or way of eating. These things are all a mix of good parts and bad parts. So trying to just see that in as many areas of life as possible is going to help translate into seeing it in your health as well. Trying to Again, find the gray in all, all aspects of your life. And remember, as with any new mental health skill, you're not going to change your lifelong thought patterns overnight, especially if this is a cognitive distortion that you find yourself going to quite often. It's going to take some time. Just practice, forgive yourself when you slip back into old patterns, and just try your best. And I guarantee that this is going to help you in so many ways to see food, to see nutrition, see your meals in a much healthier light. And again, I'm all about taking the drama out of eating, and this is definitely one way to do so. So I hope this week you practice a little more awareness around your thoughts around food and eating and try and recognize black and white thinking where it pops up and do your best to find some gray options to switch to instead. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Once again, if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and I will see you next week. Do you want to ditch diets and eat more intuitively, but you're just not sure how? Well, I have a course designed just for you. Help Through Habits is where intuitive eating meets habit formation. It's a step-by-step guide for turning the principles of intuitive eating into doable, sustainable habits in your life so you can become the healthiest possible version of yourself. This is where the magic happens, my friends. This is how true health is achieved. You're not going to want to miss out on this life-changing course, so head on over to helpthroughhabits.com to check it out.